0: When I was getting this podcast off the ground, we first started as the Wedgecast, evolved into the Map Action show. There was a lot of questions that we had, like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show in all the different places like Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, Zencaster, all these different places. And yet it just seemed very, very complicated. But the simple thing for us as we began to navigate the waters is the answer to every single one of these questions, questions excuse me, was really simple. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. Yeah, free. And it's ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Making money. Okay. It's sweet. It's easy. It's not a big cheap plug on an ad, but it's just simple and easy to use. So for us, it's one of the best parts about it is we can do it entirely remote or in studio. So you can record. You've got that really, really high, you know, high in the sky person that you're going to have as a guest in your podcast. You got to do it remote. Anchor is easy to use. You got people who are willing to come to your studio, your house, your office, wherever you're recording it. Boom. Anchor. Love it. Simple, easy, simple and easy to use. So if you ever want to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. What's up podcast listeners? I'm hanging out with William Tin Cup on this episode of the Map Baxter show. So, one of the things that I really really enjoyed about this podcast is that it's pretty unfiltered and I think that describes William Tin Cup to an absolute T. So, I got introduced to him by somebody who said, "Hey, if you want to do a show and make it a little controversial, you know, uh, uh, scratch the surface a little bit deeper on, you know, what it's like just to be a true raw human being. And that's exactly what I got when I had the chance to chat with William Tin cup. I am just blown away actually by how raw unfiltered, just true to himself. He really is. And I think that's the way he impacts the world is he's just not afraid to be him. And it's awesome. And he, uh, you know, his day job as the president at recruiting daily, but I also think um, he, his day job is just showing people like, hey, just go actually be yourself. And so I was influenced greatly by the man, but also professionally by the work he's done in the HR tech space. And I, I just I just cannot uh, spend enough time thinking about what it's going to be like when I'm smoking a cigar and having a whiskey with him someday. So William Tin Cup, this podcast was fantastic. Thank you a ton for being a guest on the Map Action Show. Well, William, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast.
1: Absolutely. Happy to be here.
0: I got an introduction to you from a gentleman by the name of Matt Burns, which I'm not even going to ask his permission that I mention his name on the podcast, because he was uh, quoting you as one of the more controversial people that he knows, but by far and away, one of the most entertaining. So pairing those two things together, that gets me really excited to have a conversation with you. Vice versa, vice versa. This could be fun. This is going to be great. So tell me the life story, the life background. What are are we looking at here?
1: Well, I was born a... uh... No, just kidding, I won't say that. Um already bored, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, right. No. I was gonna say hey, a poor black child and you know, do that whole joke. But uh but people wouldn't understand that you know that they, they, they'd get offended and all that. I think stuff. that's
0: offensive.
1: Is it is it wow? Did that, did that that came in vogue and then went out of vogue? And, oh my god, we're become... starting
0: out rough, and I'm expecting this to be clean edited. Come on, you man. know what's no, interesting. You know
1: better. What's interesting about that though is if a white person black face, that's instantly offensive and, and, and rightfully so. But when Eddie Murphy on Saturday Night Live white-faced, it was funny as hell. Like, it was probably one of the best bits on Saturday Night Live ever. But it but but again, n- not offensive uh, in the same way. Which, you know, that's fine. There are double standards uh, that exist. And there are inequities that exist. And so, you know, I get it. and I understand that. So we won't start with the, I was born a poor black child joke because you know some folks might find that offended and i'm doing the air quotes uh but you can't see them because this is an audio podcast um anyhow the high points in in my life i would say um i'm one of those guys probably like a lot of uh men and women out there that i was bored at school um like school bored the hell out of me so i turned to kind of an alternate re- uh, uh, universe, uh, more or less criminal enterprise, uh, because that was exciting. Like school, learning algebra was easy. Uh, tr- advanced trigonometry, it was easy. But stealing a car, now that wasn't easy. And it was also like, you know, a lot of fun. Uh, I grew up in kind of a, a an era where drugs weren't as demonized as they are today and you know, again, there's pros and cons to that. So doing mounds full of cocaine and and you know crack and heroin and stuff like that, like that, that was normal. And 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 today that's not normal. Uh, but back in the time that I grew up, especially with the crew that I grew up with, that was. You know, normal. No, most being, of those people. But
0: being prescribed to mounds of Adderall, uh, as yeah, basically a replacement, is completely normal today. So That's I completely normal. Roughly the same era, right?
1: We, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, heroin bad, oxy good. Yeah. <laughs> as pretty sure as long as
0: it's prescribed for pain, my back hurts. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and uh, and you know, uh, okay, so like you, you grow up. Uh, I I had the the fortune. Of one, one person telling me, you know, uh, I was working at Albertsons, a grocery store down, uh, down South. And, uh, I had one guy tell me, cause I was about to quit. It was my legit job so that people would think that I had legit money coming in when I had tons of cash coming in from other nefarious, uh, things. And so I was going to quit because of this one guy and he pulled me aside. He goes, listen, never quit because of one person. Because chances are, if you don't like them, there's a bunch of other people that don't like me either. So, you know, this is the time to kind of hold still and let that play out, and it'll play out in front of you. And it did. The guy got fired. Just making like, sure
0: you're not talking in third person right now, are you?
1: No, 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 no. Okay, guy, cool, guy, cool. I, I do. I've done an entire conference session in the third person. <laughs> okay now, uh, this is missouri sherm like 2014 Well, will add
0: that to I, the show links
1: <laughs> i literally did the entire bit and i'm like you know william tin has said and william Tincup believes like i did the rock you know the wrestler of the rock i did the entire session and in between slides were quotes from me <laughs> like <laughs> and i don't think anybody got it like, like I didn't like no one after this. No one after the session was like, man, that was offensive. Like, I mean, you're arrogant, but like, yeah, I was gonna say, to say that
0: is so arrogant that it's kind of <laughs> awesome, actually.
1: Like, it was, it was theater, it was theater. I'm gonna and, start
0: putting all my customer testimonials as me <laughs> on everything.
1: Matt says, and, and Matt, you, you know, Matt once said, and, and, I, and I believe this to be true. Uh, did the whole bit. And of course no one really recognized that I was doing theater art and anyhow, doesn't matter. Um, this one guy kind of changed my life and, and I kind of got straight, if you will. I I went to work for Walmart after that, in the very early stages of Walmart. And, uh, and through that process, I learned business. I actually learned because I was Walmart before they were dominant. That was Walmart before, they were like fourth on the list behind Sears, Kmart, and some other some other company. And so like I got to meet Sam Walton a bunch of times. I picked him up from the airport a bunch of times. I got to spend a lot of time with Sam. At one point, he uh, brought me to Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh because I had I had kind of revolutionized a part of his furniture department, and uh <laughs> it's kind of a funny story because he literally were in Midland, Texas. And I'm co-store manager, and I, I have a bunch of departments that I manage. I'm like 18, right? So I'm young. Um, and I've decided not to go to college. So so there's all that. And uh, so he walks up behind me, and he knows me because I'm like one of the only people at Walmart, at least one of the only store managers that has like long hair, ponytail, earrings, you know, like the full-on uh, stuff. And he taps me on the back. I said, yes, hi, how can I help you? And it's Sam. And I'm like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> How you doing? He's like an uncle at this point. Right? So he goes, uh, uh, my first name is Jeffrey. He goes, Jeffrey, what's, uh, what's going on with these lamps? He goes, cause what I had done is I had taken green felt and on the entire back side of, of, of the Walmart, like the back wall of the Walmart where the, where the furniture department was. And I took all the lamps out of boxes and I lit the entire wall, like all the way to the ceiling was lamps. Like all the different lamps were just out. And you could see them from when you walked in the store. Like it was like the sun, you know, piercing your eyes. And uh, I looked at him like, uh, he goes, uh, you yeah, what's the deal with these lamps? I said, well, Sam, who, who buys a fucking lamp in a box? Like, I got to see the lamp. I got to feel the lamp. I got to. I got to see the. I got to experience the lamp. And I'm 18. And he looks at me and goes, huh. He goes upstairs, calls the furniture department back in Finville, and has the entire furniture buying department, which is probably 60 people, fly down to Midland to see this. Now, of course... This is at a time when they would send you these little modulars and you had to do this stuff like they told you to do. And you know, I, I threw that shit out <laughs> every time they'd send it to me, and just do whatever I felt like I thought would sell stuff. And uh, and it changed the way that they merchandised lamps forever. And so, so you're
0: you're you're 18 at this time. How old are you?
1: Yeah, I'm 18, going you on peaked. 19. You peaked. I don't, I, don't know why you I don't know why you didn't
0: just quit. <laughs> You had, you literally had the light bulb idea, and you're done. That's I, it. I, I, that's that's I, it. I, mom, I feel
1: like you've gone downhill since. My mom and dad, literally this case, kid, He said, you know, remember when you were at Walmart and you were going to stay there? you're going I said, yeah, I remember all that stuff. And guess what? I'd be retired right now. I would literally be on the beach right now because back then the stock was splitting about twice a year, and they had a really robust employee stock purchasing program. And uh, so I got to work with Sam. And I learned a lot. And a couple of years later, I'm like, I, I I missed college. Like I missed, I wasn't good at it. I I was academically suspended from four junior colleges. Um, and this is back when their databases weren't tied together. Yeah, hell of so a resume. You, That's awesome. Yeah, so you could like go to one, fail out of it, and then go to another, and like, oh no, I've never been to college. <laughs>
0: <laughs> honestly Start you over. could probably get away with that now because I of bet. like i i feel like there was a period of time where no way it was all linked together and now people are so desperate to get applications you might be that's fine right. now
1: yes and 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 you can always blame it on identity theft now it's like what? Well, no 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 that's not me that, that guy was he's not in Barbados.
0: me that was a I tough time of my life back did off
1: you, did, did you say that they spent a lot of money at risk no that was not me i didn't do that <laughs> I, I own a Toyota. Anyhow, um, so I decided to go back to college. And and again, here I am. I, I didn't really like high school, didn't thrive in high school, uh, wasn't for any other reason other than I was bored and I was smarter than all the teachers. And I was academically suspended from four community colleges, like not one, not two. So uh, I called my parents. I said, hey, I want to go back to college. And they're like, what? <laughs> like a little John. <laughs> what? And uh, I'm like, oh, I, you know, I just, I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like I'm missing something. So I, uh, I put in my resignation. Of course, it took me a year to leave Walmart because they didn't want me to go. So anywho, I get to the University of Alabama, which is my mom and dad were living in Birmingham at the time. Roll Tide, baby. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. It's, I did, the, only, uh, it's the
0: only reference that I have. That's so, okay. Uh, it's all right. It's a good I one. Do, I tried to do my research and, you know, I, it's it kind of stopped. So, so. <laughs>
1: Having a type A personality like I do and like a lot of, you know, like a lot of people like us do is I burned through three degrees in eight years. So I got my undergraduate, master's and MBA in eight years. So I did my undergraduate in three years. Like I was taking 21, 23 credit hours, uh, you know, a semester because like if I want to go, <laughs> well, I'm going to go Like I like I'm not going to. Peter Pan around like I'm gonna really go so I I did did my undergrad
0: in three years the irony is just unbelievable (laughs) (laughs) I I you know I I can't really relate to myself as a type a person but I will relate to the fact that it's like if I'm gonna do it let's just get it over with like I'm not the smartest person in the room but man do I just want to get this done with
1: (laughs) mine was uh, very similar so we'll just share willpower Again, yeah. not not having the studies habits or skills or some of that other stuff that a lot of kids had. I just would basically will myself through it. Like I'm I'm not gonna let Roman architecture beat me. I'm going to go and, you know, figure out a way to figure out this test. So I did that. And then uh after business school I worked uh, with a startup in Dallas. Uh, we, we, it was during the dot-com era. We raised a ton of money, blew through it like a bunch of, you know, uh, hookers with cocaine. And, uh, and then after that, it was about an 18 month experience. I decided I was unemployable. That was the moment where I was like, okay, I can't work for anybody else. (laughs) I gotta, I gotta go, do things that are more entrepreneurial. I got to go be with people that are more entrepreneurial because I just a my mind thinks that way. Like if we weren't doing it this way, how would we do it? And so I, my mind was already there. I had to kind of get intellectually and emotionally to that place of just trusting myself. And uh, the trusting yourself, you know, is is to some degree is you just basically say I'm going to do this. And you know nothing, no one, or nothing is going to stop me from doing this. Now, it, the market might pivot me. The customers might tell me to do something differently. Uh, you know, my partners might you know help me redirect things. Like that's okay. Like those are just we call them pivots. But truthfully, those are just like you're. you're if you're if you're doing it right, you're listening to yourself. You're listening to your customers. You're listening to your partners, and you're and you're listening to people around you. You're taking those b- bits of data in, and then going with your gut. And a lot of entrepreneurs, you gotta you gotta trust your gut, your instincts, because your instincts, generally speaking, especially if you have data to back up your instincts, your gen- your instincts are generally right. And so built an ad agency, sold my equity in that, and built Can whatever. I ask you,
0: can I can I go yeah, back sure. before we can, So, did you have a uh this pisses me off moment, I can't work for anybody and did you have a I hell did. yeah, I can do this myself moment? Um like did you have sort of polar sides that sort of drove you to your conclusion?
1: Both uh in the in the this pisses me off um one of the things i was a minority shareholder uh, in the in the first firm that i that i was i was with and i knew like i could see things and i knew what was going to happen but because i wasn't in control all i could do was offer advice so that frustrated me to my core like being able to walk into my you know the the founder's office and say this is about to happen you know and and i knew it was going to happen like I could just kind of read the tea leaves and, you know, I just knew it happen. And, and he would take the advice and go, okay, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're going to do something else. Okay. Like I can't, I can't, you can't force someone to love you. You can't force someone to be a partner of yours. And you, When you're a minority shareholder, you can't force, the, you can't force the owner uh, to do something or not do something. So that was the pissed off moment for sure. That was where control kind of makes it make makes it sound like um it kind of makes it sound petty it wasn't control as much as it was i could see what was going to happen i i had enough time to then change the direction and the person wouldn't listen to me
0: do you think you would have come to that conclusion at some point anyways yes. if it yes. didn't have yeah right
1: yeah it was inevitable
0: it just happened at that circumstance.
1: Yeah, it was just, it was going to happen there, the next place, the next place after that. It was going to happen with what my about, pers- personality.
0: What about when you figured out and you got it right? When you were like, yeah, man, that's
1: good. It was probably six years into the ad agency. Uh, we had positioned it, um, we had positioned it in a way to, to sell to recruiting and marketing, uh, excuse me, recruiting and HR. So here we are in an ad agency, and ad agencies do all kinds of stuff. Uh, consumer marketing, they do business marketing, and usually the B2B marketing is kind of boring. Um, and what we did is we basically said, you yeah, know, we're not going to do all business to business marketing. What we're gonna do is we're gonna go find specific buyers and then figure out what makes them tick, and then sell to people that sell to them. So we pivoted the firm, and at the time. My partner was like, hey, I want to work with, I want to work with clients because we were both selling at the, at the time. And he's like, I'd like to, you know, A, you're, you're a good enough salesperson that we don't, we don't need both of us doing it. B, we need somebody focused on customers and it's either you or me. And he he wanted to do it. I'm like, all right, cool. But if I'm going to run sales and marketing for the firm then I get to, that I want to do it my way. He goes, you can do anything you want. So I pivoted the brand to be very—that's basically uh, somebody
0: talking dirty to you. I'm assuming.
1: That's right. I yeah, pivoted. Cool. I pivoted the brand to be very inappropriate. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and and basically, so I could walk in and be myself. So our emails and newsletters had curse words and stripper glitter references and you know all kinds of stuff, so that I could walk in and they knew what they were getting was authentic. It was actually me. And that was the aha moment. Is like you don't, you don't, you don't create a brand, a, a brand cliff or a drop off. You don't market yourself as conservative when you're not conservative. You don't market yourself as liberal when you're not liberal. And those are two extremes. And we won't go into the politics. But, but like if 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 I if I'm a guy that loves a three piece Brooks Brothers suit, and i and I'm comfortable there, and that's who I am, and that's comfortable how I market then marketing this outrageous, crazy, you know, you know, stuff that doesn't work because the first moment they interact with me, they're going to be like, well, you're nothing like what we thought you'd be like, which is not a compliment. It's actually them realizing they've been duped. And so i I essentially made the brand about me. And even though the company was not me, it was, you know, a hundred people. or So it, I was the one selling. I was the one out front. I was the one out going and in, into those meetings and selling what we were going to do. And my business partner, who is a who is a great business partner, he gave me the flexibility, even though he wasn't hundred percent comfortable with it. He gave me the flexibility of go you you do you. So if you're you know, if you're gonna show up at a at a meeting and have a bunch of ashes on you and it looks like you've stayed up all night and uh you got whiskey on your breath, okay. You know, the, if 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 you could sell that way, and that works, uh, and it did, uh, then do it. And he, and he also gave me the freedom to sell anything I wanted. So that was also another freedom that that you know we we got right. And that was that aha moment that you speak of. It's like, and that's kind of how do you become genuine and authentic and throw caution to the wind? Like now, I tell you, even you know, ten, twelve years later, whatever it is bad at math um i still even to this day when i talk to somebody like a prospect or talk to somebody for the first time i curse purposely like i'll find a way in the conversation to drop an f-bomb and and the reason i do that is not the shock and awe stuff it's the i want to i want to understand very quickly if you can interact with me because if you're offended by adult references or adult content or adult language we can't be friends that's just you know life's too excuse my french life's too fucking short and it's I'm now not a sure. bad
0: time just to let you know that this is this relationship just isn't going to work <laughs> <laughs>
1: This should be that time. We're, well, right, we're 20
0: could. minutes in. Let's just cut our losses now. It's been a this. great
1: podcast. I want to thank William for coming on the show. Wrap
0: it up, cut it, and get this guy out of here.
1: <laughs> it's it's a it's a filter. And you have filters that you've built, and every other person you've built filters and you're aware of those things, or you're not. And it's okay if you're not, because gatekeepers. I think that the-
0: gatekeepers are my filters.
1: Yeah. yeah
0: that's somebody somebody who is entirely mood dependent on decisions who you can present them an idea and whether depending upon what type of mood they're in is how receptive they are to that idea those are the people that make me want to jump off a bridge
1: yeah it's because you're logical and rational so that, that that's also again yet another kind of test um it's almost like you want to take that and take prospects through some type of personality analysis and some type of assessment before you even start talking to them. Right. Like, like, hey, could you fill out this form real quick? And it's just going to take you through a bunch of battery of questions. And what it is, it's going to get us to a place where we can relate to each other and communicate better and understand one another. And really what it's going to do is it's going to give me the data that I need to know whether or not I can ever be around you in public. So you know that's what it's really going to do. And you know what the faster you come as you know especially in business but as a human being the faster you kind of get comfortable in your own skin the better. Like I'm okay with half of the people that interact with me don't like me. I'm totally comfortable there. Because half. if you don't like oh well I don't know what the numbers are but I I assume and I've told people publicly that half like my wife uh different than I am but my wife is hundred percent likable. In fact, it's an IQ test. If you don't like, if you meet my wife, spend some time with my wife and you don't like her, <laughs> you've told me everything I need to know about you because you're either drunk or a psychotic or, you know, just a moron. So she's hundred percent likable. I, on the other hand, because, um, because I choose not to be, Conservative, or choose not to uh, play it safe all the time, or basically any time. I can rub people the wrong way, you know. Like, like I have right right now. I, if you were to see me on video, I have my hair in basically a mohawk, a long mohawk. So it's shaved all the way around, and then there's hair on top, and it's long. Okay, I'm 51. Now, when people ask me, usually men. When men ask me, like, "Hey, what's going on with your hair?" I, I look at them and say, "I'm 51 and I have hair." Next, like, why are we fucking talking? Like, there's a whole lot of 51 year olds out there stro- strolling the planet that don't have hair that wish they could grow a mohawk. So I do whatever the fuck I want with my hair because I I have it. I can, and I'm not making fun of the people that don't have hair. I'm just stating the obvious. And so that, to me. That obvious is not obvious for everyone, which I, you know, that's fair. I mean, you no, no hate uh, uh, at that at all. It's just, I'm going to be me and you can't force me into not being me.
0: How much of you is uh, just conversationally, not necessarily in a business context, but it, it enjoys getting a rise out of somebody?
1: I think early on, I, I liked that feeling of telling people that their baby was stupid and ugly. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really enjoy that anymore. Uh, I think that was something that kind of helped me get to a place. It was a stage or a step that I was in the meeting and I would look at the CEO and go, yeah, that's the fucking dumbest idea I've ever heard. I mean, like, like there's really stupid ideas, and then yours is like a couple steps past that. And I, I, I enjoyed looking at them. Now, Again, I could back it up. So it wasn't that, that I was just, fu- you know, making fun of them. I could back it up with logic and reason. So I, at one point in my career, I got past that. Like, I could still have that. It's a frank, candid conversation. I can have that with anyone at any point. For any reason, like there's, I, mean, I don't have to like turn on a gear, I can have a frank conversation at any moment. Now, now, to your point, I think at one point, I might have gotten something out of it. Now I don't. Now it's just a part of the conversation. It's like, a, you know, and I'll even ask people now, how do you like your feedback? <laughs> so, you know, uh, like censored
0: a, <laughs> and beat around the bush, please, just a little bit.
1: <laughs> you know, and it's it's you know, if you ask somebody and they say, "I really want to know what you think," okay, here here here's what I think, and I'm gonna back it up. I'm a you know, I'm a, I'm a logical, you know, rational person, so I'll back it up with steps and examples and things that I know and all that stuff, but uh I will I won't just tell somebody something they want to hear. In fact, that's actually where I fail. When when I, the, the times in which in my career where I've failed is when I've tried to be someone else. You know, it's it's that like, okay, I'll dress up in a suit and I'll try and impress the people at fidelity. You know what? They're going to recognize very quickly that I'm not comfortable in a suit. And I ha- I hate suits. And so I, it's, a, it's fraudulent. So I should just show up in jeans and a t-shirt and talk to them about whatever and just be myself. And, but the times in which I've failed, I can point to them, and tell you those, those are when I tried to be somebody else.
0: Do you ever really get intimidated?
1: No, nope, no. And I, and, and I'll tell you why that is. It's not arrogance or ego or any of the other things that you think were normal. It's, When you work with a billionaire, a multi-billionaire, maybe the richest man on the planet, and the first time you meet him, you call him Mr. Walton, and he says, no, my name's Sam. (laughs) It puts you in a place, intellectually and emotionally, it puts you in a place like, this is the richest man in the world. And he just asked me to call him by his first name. I've met Warren Buffett. I've met the Bass Brothers. I've met a bunch of billionaires. And you know what? They're all kind of like you and me. I mean, granted, they've made other decisions and, and had some great fortune and luck and some other things happen, but they're just people. And so there there is no intimidation. I've met rock stars and, and celebrities and things like that. And it's the same thing. Once you get past the initial, oh shit, this is Kanye West moment, then it's like, well, Kanye is just Kanye. Like, he's just a guy. Like, that's it. And if you treat him any differently, ironically, then they don't respect you. Like, that's what's what Sam was actually trying to teach me. He's like, no, I'm not a Mr. Walton. I'm not this some, some you know, put me on a pedestal. I'm just a guy. Uh, yeah, I'm the founder of the company. And, and yeah, I, I, you know, run around and talk to people, but I'm just a guy. And you learn that early in life, it it, it it impacts the rest of your life. So no, I'm, I don't get intimidated by people.
0: So who's the guy William Tincup's trying to be?
1: You know, I'm trying to be, I think, and it, I think short answer is I'm trying to be the best version of myself.
0: Long which answer. is
1: long answer is I want to push myself. Um and I do a couple of different un- un- uncomfortable, uncomfortable places where uh, I love the industry that we're in. I love HR. I, in fact, I, I moved away from marketing to HR because I loved it so much. I love recruiting. I love talent. But there's per- parts of this market that I haven't done yet. And so I want to I do that. I want to work in finance. You know, I want to work on a private equity or a VC or side of things and put money into companies. I want to try that. I want to work at a software company and, and try that. So there's a bunch of things that I'd like to try. And it's all uncomfortable stuff. At this stage, it's all uncomfortable stuff. That's that's actually what I love about Recruiting Daily is it's a media company. And prior to joining Recruiting Daily, I had bought, purchased for clients. I would purchased a ton of media, but I never really understood how the sausage was made. You know? And so being on this side and seeing how the sausage is made has kind of opened my eyes to different things. And so, you know, first things first, how do I, how do I, how do I be a better father, you know, better husband, better brother, better son, you know, just better person, you know, in general, like, how do I do that? How do I, you know, how do I actually have more empathy for people? And I'll tell you how you know i i'm i'm one of those people that didn't have a lot of empathy and you know just historically just not been that great at empathy and and then i had a car accident in 2016 and uh it was near death type of deal and so so going through that and recovery and you know all the, all the physical therapy and all the stuff that came from it you know life changing shit um now when i'm on a phone call when someone says yeah shit i'm sorry i'm late to the call my my uh my aunt you know she broke her hip and you know we're trying to take care of her like before uh the car accident i would have plowed through that like oh okay cool anyhow what well, we're here to talk about. <laughs> like <laughs> i would have got onto the agenda of the call like yeah okay anywho we're here to talk about and now i stop and i hit pause because i've been through those things. I've been through the I have to learn how to walk again. I have to learn how to, you know, wipe my own butt again. I have to learn how to put on pants again. And so I, that that forced me to learn that, you know what? Slow down. When when people tell you things about their life, you know, personal things about their life and what they're going through, stop down. It it isn't going to take you that long, but stop down and see how they're doing and see if you can help. And uh, I wouldn't have had that. I wouldn't have had that without the accident. I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have had that opportunity to learn that. So that best version of myself is like, I got to keep learning these things because I, there's some of this stuff I just don't know.
0: Do you think the um, the accident was one of the lowest points of your life?
1: Um... No, I don't. I mean, it. uh, It. I'll tell you the funniest thing about the accident, and uh, and and, you know, I was depressed. I was in the hospital for like six weeks, so I mean, it it was massive. Lots of surgeries, all kinds of stuff. But anyhow, my uh, my my the surgeon, the the person that put me back, Humpty Dumpty back together, he he came by twice a day, every day, in the morning, early in the morning, and kind of later at night, nine o'clock, ten o'clock, whatever. Well, one night he comes by It's it was probably after about third, fourth surgery. And, uh, and he's an orthopedic surgeon. So, so he's, he's like, you know, kind of geeky about putting people back together. So he comes by and he sits on my He sits on my, on my bed. My wife's out getting dinner and he goes, I can tell you're, I can tell you're a little depressed. <laughs> and I said, doc, my life just changed. Like I, I, I was flying around the world, speaking at conferences, telling people what to do and like, I can't see a clear path to that anymore. Like everything's changed because you're, yep, absolutely. You're at that moment. You're at that moment that you get to decide, do I live in the past or do I live in the future? And there's, and it's 50-50 and it's something I can't control. He goes, what I can tell you is had you been going a mile faster or had the guy hit you that hit you been going a mile faster, you'd be dead. You you would have I couldn't have put you back together. So you were literally that close to death. Like we're not talking right now, death. And so you have to decide. I can't as a doctor, I can't I can't even I can wish it for you, but I can't I can't force you to want to go forward. And be a new version of who you are. I can't force you. It's you're either going to live in the would coulda, shoulda in the past and, you know, have the regrets and all that stuff. Or you're going to figure out, like, like what's next and how to, how to do the new thing. So uh, I thought about it. You know, he left. And I thought about it for about five minutes. I st- stood my chair up. And uh Michael, my wife, she came in, she goes, Hey, you look you look different. I'm like, We're gonna beat this motherfucker. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna beat this. This isn't gonna stop us. It's not damn sure not gonna stop me. So do I look at it as the worst point or the low point in my life? No actually to the contrary it's probably <laughs> outside of you know achievements and degrees and you know being married for 27 years you know okay some of that stuff is yeah okay legit uh it's probably one of the more high high points of my life because it was a decision i i and you know what it's not it's not a gender thing it's not an age thing it's not a you know any of those racial thing it's some people make the decision at that moment to then just go, well, screw it. You know, I, I, I just I can't. I'm gonna I'm gonna be back here, and I'm gonna live back here in the past. What it could have achieved, should have achieved, and uh, and I made the I made the decision, and you know, I had a supporting cast around me, family, doctors, all this other stuff. That I made the decision. No. <laughs> No, you're you're going to have to actually kill me. <laughs> so so uh, you know, partially, partially injuring me and you know handicapping me a bit. Yeah, that's not going to stop me. I'm going to be me. So and I kind of congealed me a, a little bit.
0: That's a pretty powerful story.
1: <laughs> you know, and it's it's what we all go through. You all get. I mean, adversity is you know kind of like change. It's a constant. You're gonna go through adversity. And it was good for my sons. They were they were at the time, they're now 10 and 14. So that was that would have put them back, you know, three years back, four years back. So they instead of hiding it from them, from them my wife and I decided, nope, we're gonna we're gonna let them see how this plays out. Because it was after the decision, after I made the decision to go forward and be positive. And so they pushed me around in the wheelchair. They took me to physical therapy. They did physical therapy with me. Like they got to see all the stages of recovery, you know, getting off of Oxy and Dilaudid and, you know, detox and all that stuff. They got to see all of it. Like we weren't weren't hiding any of it from them. And it might have scarred them a bit, like I get that on some level, but it also what we wanted is they're going to face adversity. And we wanted to be able to have something and point to something real and say, look at your father, look at what he went through and look at where he is now. You you know, yeah, you broke up with a girl. She doesn't love you anymore. Got it. You'll get over it. You'll get past it. You'll get through it. And yes, there'll be adversity. But you know what? You're going to have adversity. Everyone listening to this podcast is going to have adversity. What's the choice? do you what do you, do you what choice do you make when you have that adversity and some of that's character and some of it's you know kind of willpower kind of like you said about your school which I where it resonates with me it's like yeah I'm not the what's the best student but I, I, if I'm gonna do it I'm gonna I'm gonna get it I'm gonna go and do it I I think uh and I was gonna get a tattoo actually at the time on my on my hand That was basically I wanted to do it like a stamp, like a club stamp (laughs) and do it and basically say optimism is a choice. And uh I kind of i feel that way. Like I felt that way at the time. And uh, uh but and I also feel that way now that if well, you, you make your you choose to be cynical or pessimistic and, or and, or and yeah, and that like I can be dark be cynical because I and I and look like at all the humor dark stuff around or it. Uh, the darker the better. Look at that and then still choose th- 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 to be an that I'm not an optimist. And so I can still believe in know and when people start to think about optimism people. as a choice like, I mean, the, the, the two aren't like, even though we've tried think, to link them i think they'll i think them. they'll choose you choose can, it because it's, it's just a, something objective. Right, and some, see, more interesting a way to live about something like <laughs> uh, let's say the impeachment you're <laughs> also it's, it's so also easier to be around
0: so if you had the opportunity to leave the exact mark on individual people that you could what would you want that to be
1: i think the first <laughs> thing i would say and first thing i would ask of them is just be yourself take all your vices take all the things that you're afraid of or the skeletons in your closet if you will all the negative things that you've done in life and put them in the forefront and beat that person and don't be afraid like don't be afraid to be that person you know what it's okay because everyone else Has those things? There isn't a person walking the planet that doesn't have vices. There isn't a person on the planet that hasn't made a mistake, or two, or five hundred. We've all have that. We all have skeletons in our closet. We all have that. But it's a choice on whether or not you put them in the closet and you hide from it, and you just hope that no one ever finds them or talks about them, or you talk about them. You just bring them forward, and you just go, "Hey, yeah, like, well, I did it during this call." You know, like I talked about drug use in the eighties, like, okay, if you're going to judge me for that, <laughs> all right, <laughs> it was a while ago. <laughs> so, but, but again, I take that experience uh, and, and I push that forward. And so the advice that I give to people is just be authentic, hundred percent authentic, be genuine, a hundred percent genuine all the time, a hundred percent all the time. And guess what? It's it's like a lying versus the truth. When you tell the truth, you don't ever have to worry about it. When you lie, you gotta you've you've gotta constantly worry about the next lie that you have to tell and tell the other lie. But you gotta cover it up with these other five lies. Like it becomes a monster of lies. But when you tell the truth, it's like okay, <laughs> yeah, I did a bunch of drugs in the eighties, yeah. You got something else you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, want to, you want me to tell you how the experience was or what do yeah. you want to hear? <laughs> I, I could can, I can tell you how to load and free base, you know, heroin. You know, do you want to do, you, we could talk about it. I could also tell you about a bunch of my friends that OD, you know, I could talk to you about that too. Like I don't mind, but it's, it's getting, I think some of the Matt is just getting comfortable with your own skin and in your own skin. And just being, I am who I am. And I'm going to try and get better. I want to get better. I aspire to be better. But I'm still going to be who I am. And I think that that's the best advice I could give to anyone is just try your best to be authentic and be genuine with people. And, and, you know, if you don't like something, tell them that you don't like it. And if you do, tell them that you do. When you really love somebody, tell them you love them. And if you don't really care to be around someone, you don't tell them. It's okay. They probably feel the same way about you. And then there's a, there's a truth there. There's actually respect there. And I've had this happen with, with people that I've talked to. It's like, you know what? We don't gel. I, I, uh, I make decisions in seconds, and you're a reflective person. We're going to clash. And we're going to clash all the time because I can't change you and don't want to, and you can't change me and you don't want to. So we're going to either figure out a different working strategy with each other, or we just need to not work together like that. There's a truth in that, that people like respect and understand like, okay, that's fine. Like you, you, you don't have to have everyone that loves you. Like that, that's this idea that that's, I think, you know, through school and through growing up that, that, you know, you, everyone's got to like you or you, you aspire that everyone, you know, you don't want anybody to talk bad about you. Or you don't want anybody to think badly of you. Like, yeah, that, that's all bullshit. Be yourself. Stop worrying about what other people do or think or or whatever. Just be yourself. and let, that, let the cards fall where they may. So that would be the advice.
0: I love it. My favorite question on the planet is, what is it that gets you out of bed in the morning?
1: Well, uh, truthfully, it's I take the kids to school, so that, that would be Yeah, it. I mean, you just kind of yeah. have to. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah force at gunpoint, let's be honest. Yeah, all right, well, but... so
0: uh, end of podcast, thanks for being <laughs> <me to> guest.
1: <laughs> you know, I, uh, I did this thing last Tuesday, and I do it every year, and it's from the West Wing, so I can't, you know, want to attribute uh, where I can, and I think it goes back to Abraham Lincoln or, even, or maybe even Andrew Jackson, that it's kind of a, a big block of cheese day. And what I do is I clear my calendar, block everything off. And then I just kind of open it up to people. Like I do it socially. I used to do it through, you know, through email. And I just basically say, I have an entire open day, seven to seven. You, if you want to talk about anything, there is nothing we can't talk about. It can be personal, professional. You can yell at me about something, whatever. And uh, And I do this bit once a year where you know, it's usually right before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving where I do the big block of cheese day. And, you know, I had a seven to seven day, 30 minute phone calls. And then it was fantastic because it was the randomness of his practitioners. It was vendors. It was, uh, you know, some analysts. Uh, it was some, some of my friends, you know, like it was just a cadre of, of all these different folks, these different conversations. So what, what gets me out of bed is having conversations like this where we could just kind of talk and bat around ideas and go, yeah, what about that? Oh, no, I don't see it that way because that's where I, A, thrive, and B, that's where I get the most enjoyment is actually helping people problem solve something that they're going through. And It could be personal, but but more, more often than not, it's usually professional. It's something I'm trying to go to market and I'm having difficulty getting you know people paying attention to my product. Uh, stuff like that, so I enjoy those puzzles. You know, the conversation is just a is is a way to kind of work the puzzle, and so I like I like I like those puzzles. So that gets me out of bed.
0: I Love it, I love it. Um, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? I mean, I think uh, we're probably going to have to do a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth podcast and, and dive into <laughs> any given number of uh, topics, but for part I- one. Is there anything uh, you want to you leave the audience with?
1: I think, you know, and again, you can use any metaphor you like, you know, like defensive backs in the NFL. Um, you just got burned for a touchdown. Now, you can think about that or you can think about the next play. And I think one of the things that the learn or one of the learns that comes from that is you need to learn how to forgive yourself. And, uh, and it ain't easy. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to anybody about this. But standing in front of a mirror and talking about some of the shitty things that you've done in life and forgiving yourself and just saying, you know what, okay. And it doesn't matter what, what the reason was or why you did it. Just forgive yourself. Like, let it go. <laughs> frozen. <laughs> Fro- frozen frozen yep. music uh
0: cue the frozen uh theme song as we end this call
1: <laughs> but, but seriously it's also a tommy boy reference let go for, uh, for the
0: guy who's supposed to be the most controversial guy i've had this podcast ending it with a disney theme song that just <laughs> wraps up put it on a See? bow and we call it quits
1: <laughs> so we, we talked about cocaine and disney done Hey, they're basically the same.
0: They're basically the same thing.
1: They are. Highly addictive.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh,
1: um, but yeah, forgive yourself. Learning how to forgive yourself is um is not easy. And again, you know, we've all done some stupid shit. Like that 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 is something that binds us. Uh we've also done some mean shit. And uh and 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 that's okay too. Just forgive yourself. Like look in the mirror and say, you know what? I I need to forgive myself for that. I need to move forward and just put it in your rear view, hit that reset button and, you know, learn from it. Of course, be a better human being because of that. And then, and then go forth.
0: That is one of the best ways I'm going to end my day. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast.
1: Absolutely. And this is fun. Love talking to you. Many more to come. All righty.